0: Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who just had a birthday on Friday, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing, man? I did
1: great, great, and I had a good birthday. Did you? Uh, spent it with some good people. My girlfriend and I went out on Friday in my favorite oh, restaurant. Okay. It was very fun. Um, so well, yeah, it was restaurant. a good weekend. Good oh, weekend overall. We went to Firebirds. Like oh yeah, it's in okay. Pinecrest? Highly recommend restaurant to Solid. anyone listening. Um, but today we have a special one. Uh, yeah. I'm going to introduce a, a friend of ours, our special guest today. His sophomore year of high school scored 26 goals on JV. Uh, has more than the entire women's varsity team that year. In total for his two years he played varsity in high school. He scored 19 goals and 15 assists. And then went on to play collegiate soccer at Marietta College. Please welcome everyone, Josh Baskin. Here we are. It's yeah. nice to be here.
2: I'm excited, man. Oh
1: yeah, it's this, this is going
2: to be a great podcast episode. First guest, how how is this an honor to you? Like, what do you what do you think? I feel like being the first is anything is is a great honor. That's true, and especially to be surrounded by two wonderful people. One we of my go. best friends, <laughs> Trevor. I've known for a little bit now. And uh, I'm just glad to be here. Appreciate oh, it's it. gonna be it's gonna be a good episode. Trevor, why don't you give us the rundown?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So small talk. We're gonna talk about Javon Quinnerly. Um, he's uh, recently transferred to Alabama. The College basketball three point line has been moved back. Uh, Kyle Lowry, Mark Stevens, that kind of fiasco situation. Uh, the Nets Hawks trade. Now we had some uh, rumors about Kyrie Irving. Is he gonna go to the Nets or is he still gonna go to the Knicks? We don't know. Um, And then we're gonna ask some questions instead of doing small talk trivia like normal We're gonna ask Josh some questions, Mm -hmm. but we'll go through that when we get there Josh is a
1: genius at (laughs) soccer So get ready. That's that is you don't want to miss that part. I promise.
0: Yeah, so We'll do that and then randomly ranked and then our two main topics We're gonna talk about soccer Champions League final that just happened recently the Barclays Premier League Some women's World Cup just started and then our NBA Finals recap and thoughts
1: so it's gonna be a solid episode but let's get right to it uh first small talk topic devon quiverly uh was a five-star recruit coming out of the 2018 class went to villanova he even posted on instagram one time that like he wasn't even happy there like while at villanova um so he decided to transfer and now he's transferring to alabama uh so and they, they got a new coach nate oates from the mac yeah nate oates from the mac so that's an interesting pickup what do you think trevor
0: I agree. It's an interesting uh, pickup, and I think Nate Oates, you know, he's a great coach, and I think he'll really be able to help out Quinterly. You know, we'll mm-hmm. see. I'm definitely going to be watching him closely because he is a very talented player. He's Course. got some things to improve, so we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, uh, I think it's a good move for him. I love Nate Oates. Uh, kind of wish Michigan's B-line, except the job a little earlier. Maybe Nate Oates would have been a different place, but overall pretty good. Uh, On to our next topic, college basketball three-point line has been moved back. Uh, it was originally at 20 feet and 9 inches. Uh, and then they, when Nebraska and Creighton played in the NIT uh, this past year, they kind of tried out the new three-point line, which is the international distance of 22 feet and one and three-fourths inches. So, Josh, what, what's what's your opinion on this, moving the three-point line back? Do you like it?
2: I, I think it's great that the that College Basketball is doing this, especially for players that are trying to get right into the NBA. Right. You know, it helps them out massively, you know, being as close as you can to the regular NBA three-point line, getting that, you know, confidence, knowing that you can make those shots mm-hmm. from a little further back, but... No, I think it's. I think it's great, mm-hmm. and it also begs the question: Do you think, Trevor? Do you think the
1: uh, the NCA is trying to because the three point shots taken and made uh, throughout the year, uh, throughout the past ten years, have gone up significantly? Do you think they're trying to decrease
0: the amount they're taking? Um, not necessarily. I think regardless, the three-point is something that's become more and more popular. I don't think they're trying to do that. I think exactly what Josh said. I think that a lot of these players have aspirations of going uh, to the professional level, level, whether it is international or to the NBA. So I think that it's very good that they're expanding it so they get used to it.
1: Yeah, and there was a ton of various different rule changes, but this one was definitely a big one. I, I love this. I think it's ridiculous that they have the three-point line closer to make it the same distance as everyone. Um, and it does kind of prepare you a little bit better because that transition from the college three or three point line to the NBA three point line—that's that's it's a big jump. It's a big jump. So I think we're all in, we're all, we're good. Yep. good. on that? All right, awesome. Uh, moving on to the next topic, and this is a big one. This is something that upset me a lot. Um, this uh, past game, the past NBA Finals game, the Warriors minority owner Mark Stevens pushed Kyle Lowry when he ran uh, kind of into the fans on the sideline because he was sitting sideline. Um, and, I mean, he, like, fell on someone. And he wasn't even – he was close to Mark Stevens, but he didn't fall on Mark Stevens. And Mark Stevens distinctively put his hand out and
2: pushed him out of the way. Uh, so, Josh, what are your thoughts on this? So, personally, I think it's great to start off with that the NBA did something right away. Exactly. Kyle Lara right. said it best in that if he were to be the one throwing a punch or pushing, you know, he'd be suspended, fine, right. whatever. That The fact that the NBA's taken, you know – this into so much consideration of wanting to, you know, f- help out the players and protect them, I think is just great all around. And it should be, mm-hmm. you know, more than just the NBA. I know NBA you have courtside seats and, you know, you're closer to the f- to the yeah. game, but I feel like it's just great that mm-hmm. the NBA has done something so fast and gotten taken care of. Mm-hmm. Into mention they did they did find they find Mark
1: Stevens five hundred thousand dollars and he is not allowed to attend any games or team events until the end of next season what's really important to me, and LeBron said this best a, a little while ago, uh, probably a couple months ago, nothing is like the NBA in terms of sporting events. When you're in the NFL, you're behind a rail in stands. The NBA, that there's no one in front of you on the sidelines. Same thing with soccer, same thing with any sport. You're behind some sort of barrier. Where in the NBA, I mean, you're sitting right there. You can really hear everything that's happening. You can, I mean, there's sometimes you're so close where you could, you could touch the player. So the safety of the NBA players, to me, at the least, it should be the top priority. I'm glad they acted quickly, truly despicable behavior by someone who's on national television in front of millions of people.
0: Right. Um, yeah. And to go with that, I think he's someone who should be held to a higher standard. Of he course. is a myor- minority owner. So I, I feel like this is obviously unacceptable. I don't even know what he what was going through his head when he decided to do this. Um, I think the punishment personally should have been worse. I think they should have removed his um, ownership rights, uh, his minority ownership rights with the team. This is unacceptable. I think you need to. Make make it known that this is this will not be tolerated, and the five hundred thousand dollars to him is a very small amount of money, so it's not even gonna hurt him that much.
1: Yeah, I, I I agree. It's it's great. LeBron put something on social media that I think describes it perfectly, and there's just no place for any of this in the beautiful game of basketball, just like he said. Uh, moving on, we had a big trade in the NBA world. Okay, very big trade. The Brooklyn Nets um decided to trade. Alan Crabb, the 17th pick that they have this year, and a 2020 lottery-protected first-round pick to the Hawks for forward to Juan Prince and a 2021 second-round pick. Um, this cleared cap space for the Nets, and they now have two max spots if they decide not to sign, re-sign D'Angelo Russell. Uh, so what do we think of this, Josh? What, what, what do you think of this trade?
2: Well, personally, I know with the Brooklyn Nets, uh, D'Angelo Russell had a great season this year. I personally think that they should keep him. I, so? I personally think that, you know, the Lakers got rid of him and now he's proven, you know, he's put this team on his back this whole year. Yeah, He's had the help, he's, he, yeah, he's gotten help around him, but I don't think that they necessarily need a Kyrie Irving per se, mm-hmm. someone that is, you know, looking at the transfer market and, you know, trying to see where he might want to go. I think it's obviously great for the Nets now getting the two max slots, but you never know. So what, what do you, Trevor, what do you think the odds are that Katie and Kyrie both go to the Nets?
0: Both go to the Nets? Yeah, both. Um, I think it's pretty unlikely that they both go to the Nets. And um, I want to mention that I think D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie would not be a very good fit. I agree. Um, I think they're both kind of like ball-dominant guards. So I don't know how they would really fit together. So I don't think the Nets should even really want Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's had some chemistry team chemistry problems. Obviously, you want to go after KD. Obviously, you want to go after guys like Anthony Davis um, and maybe some other like wing players, potentially Jimmy Butler. Um, but I think the Kyrie fit would be a bad one. And I agree with you, Josh, that I think they should definitely keep D'Angelo Russell. He's a very young player, and he's got a great future ahead of him.
1: Yeah, no, I'm actually going to disagree with you guys. I would go all after Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving has been proven. I I, I personally, I love Kyrie. I think he's slightly overrated. However, saying that this year, he made a big improvement. I mean, you see his assist numbers go up, his turnover numbers go down, his plus-minus go up. So in my opinion, I'd go all out on Kyrie Irving just all out and try to get one other star pairing with him whether it's you know they trade for Anthony Davis or whatever or they get Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard someone I think they pair one of those guys with him and I mean they can win just a lot of games
0: so would you keep D'Angelo Russell with Kyrie no
1: No. I definitely wouldn't do that I agree about the ball you can't have two ball dominant people Uh like that even with Kyrie taking just a little bit more of a reserved passing role this past year he's still too ball dominant yeah I don't think I'd put him together um But moving on, we're going to move over to a little bit of a different segment of Small Talk Trivia. Now, uh, our special guest today, Josh. Josh is, in my personal opinion, an expert um, at all soccer knowledge. There's sometimes where he'll just say a stupid amount of information about soccer. So what we have decided today is instead of doing our normal Small Talk Trivia where Trevor and I ask questions, we're going to peg questions at Josh and see how much he can get. Now, Josh has not seen these questions before. I don't want anyone to think that he's reading a piece of paper. We're just sitting here, and he's going right off the dome. Okay? Off the brain. Right off the brain. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And
1: I think you guys will see how crazy he is. Um, so, Josh, why don't we just start off with this? Why don't you give me th- right. the past six? So I'm going from 2013 to 2013. To 20... No, no, we'll, we'll go 7. We'll go 2013 to this past year, Champions League winners. Do I have to go from... Can I go back to forward or forward to back this Up to night? you, up
2: to you. Just say the years with it. So this past year, we had Liverpool defeat Tottenham Hotspur 2-0. Mm-hmm. Who scored the goals? Uh, the first goal was scored by Mohamed Salah, off a very bad penalty kick that we'll get into later, and then Divock to to finish it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the year before that was Real Madrid's third title of Champions League in three years, the first team to do so. The first goal was scored by Karim Benzema, and then it was Gareth Bale with an unbelievable bicycle kick. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. And then Gareth Bale also scored the third, and Sadio Mane scored the the only goal for Liverpool. The year before that was Real Madrid's, uh, was Real Madrid again, and it was against uh, Juventus. The score was four to one. The goal scores might be a little tough. But for time's sake, I won't go through it. Okay. Before that was Real Madrid again against Atletico Madrid. That game went to PKs after a 1-1 90 minutes plus. Um, the year before that was the only year where Real Madrid could have gone for five in a row. However, Barcelona beat Juventus 3-1. And then the year before that, Real Madrid beat Atletico Madrid the first time. Mm-hmm. And one more. What do we got? Last one. And the last one before that was the all-German final between Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Bayern Munich won 2-1. to Mario Gomez with the first. LK Gundogan with the PK for Dortmund. And then the legendary Iron Robin with the goal in the last minute of the game to win it. All right, so that was 100% correct. Trevor, what do you got? What's your question? <laughs>
0: All right, so I'm going to start off with... the. Uh... Who was the World Cup champion in two thousand ten?
2: Two thousand ten was Spain over mm-hmm. Netherlands one nothing. Andres Iniesta scored the lone goal in and, one minute. Uh, the one hundred and sixteenth, I think that's right. I think it was either one sixteen or one seventeenth. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Um, how about who won in two thousand two?
2: Two thousand two was Brazil over Germany two nothing. Ronaldo with both goals.
0: <laughs> okay, okay.
2: Okay. We'll switch
1: it up a little bit. Champions League. Okay, in the Champions League, <laughs> who are the top?
2: three goal scorers in Champions League history. It is Ronaldo, Messi, and then another Real Madrid player, Raul. Yep, that is correct. Wow. Do you know how many goals
1: Ronaldo has? I believe it's 84. 84, it is not 84. It's 126.
0: I was
2: about to say, if it was 84. Yeah. That, that is a lot of goals. That, that was, <laughs> I don't it know i If it was 84, I you don't know. I don't know where I'm getting. That might be, you know, 84 might be uh, Ronaldo's international goal tally. But okay. that might have changed recently because he just had a hat trick. Okay, so okay. that might have changed. Trevor, next question.
0: Um, who won the Ballon d'Or in two thousand two? Two
2: thousand two. You might have got me here, Trevor. To be honest, I want to say it's Ronaldo.
0: It is okay. <laughs> not not Cristiano. Yes, other Ronaldo. Uh, Brazilian
2: yes. Ronaldo yes, R nine. Ronaldo. Yes,
0: you might have gotten me here. <laughs> that answered <to> the question <laughs> correctly. <got> <laughs> um, here I'm gonna try to give you a little bit tougher one i'm not gonna go too far back but um
2: 1999 who won ballon d'Or? 99 ballon d'Or. that's a tough one that is tough
0: i can give you the team if you want or no i don't, know, no, I don't want the away. team okay
2: so 99 why don't you get the ethnicity yeah may, may or not you know what
0: um give me the, the first
2: letter of the player r was it ronaldo again no Ronaldinho? Was it Raul? No. No, I'm I'm stumped here, I guess.
0: It was Rivaldo. Oh, oh. another Brazilian. Yeah, okay. Oh. F- okay.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. so who has the most champions or what yeah, what uh club has the most Champions League titles? It is Real Madrid. Who's second? Uh it is a tie, I believe, with Liverpool and AC Milan? Exactly. It's, it's not a tie, you're closer. It's seven to six. Milan right. has
1: seven. Okay. Liverpool has six. Mm. Go ahead. Hunter.
0: Um, let's see. Go back to World Cup. Um who won the World Cup in nineteen ninety
2: eight? France in France, three to one. France beat a Germany side, I believe again.
0: They beat Brazil Brazil. <laughs> yes. Um one more. Uh, twenty fourteen who won the World Cup.
2: That was Germany over Argentina. Andre Sherla assisted Mario Gomez for the <laughs> game winner. Uh, yeah. An extra time. That was a
0: good game, too. I remember that, that. was
2: a good game. Okay. What? My opinion, Messi's last chance to ever win the World Cup, but...
0: Might be. He's, he's starting to get older.
1: Okay. So, my question is, what
2: American has scored the most Premier League goals? Uh, Clint Dempsey. That's correct. He had a great few years with Fulham. They back really? Back in 2010-11. And he was a top. for a little good? bit. Fulham wasn't great, but Dempsey was good. I believe he had 17 Premier League goals that year huh. in 2010-11, or 11-12. Okay. Next mm. up. Okay, so how, which club did Diego Maradona
1: play the most games for?
2: Uh, would it be Napoli?
1: That is correct. Uh-huh. Napoli is correct. <gasps> this is crazy. This <laughs> is insane. Okay. Let's see. Trevor, you got another question?
0: Um, sure. I mean, yeah, it's got Ballon d'Or and World Cup up. So we'll go with one more Ballon d'Or. Um, who won the Ballon d'Or in 2001?
2: 2001. You're really getting me with the Ballon d'Or here, Trevor. For those of you that don't know, the Ballon d'Or is the best player for that entire year. Yes. Um, 2001. Is it
0: Zidane? It is not. He won it in 1998. Uh, 2001 was Michael Owen.
1: Michael Owen. Okay, the Englishman. Englishman. Okay. Final question here. Okay. Final question. What French club did Sevilla sign
2: Kevin Gamero from? Kevin Gamero. uh, Which... PSG signed him. PSG, you're right. And then after PSG, he moved on to Valencia. All right, that wasn't
1: even the question, but it's good additional
2: information. <laughs> all right,
1: all right. So that'll be this week's small talk trivia. Uh, Josh is insane. i We I'm disappointed
2: in myself that I had missed a few. You got like ninety eight percent right, but <laughs> Very good.
1: I mean, you only missed like two questions. I would have missed every single question pretty much. So, I'm uh, I'm impressed with that. Uh, so our scoreboard was four to three before this. So Josh is now winning eighty five to four to three. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um, but. He, uh, that was a fun little uh, Small Talk trivia for this week. Next up, we're going to have Randomly Ranked. Uh, and Randomly Ranked, basically, is a segment that we do where we take a super random topic and then rank them in order. It's
2: pretty self-explanatory, don't you think, Josh? I love it. I believe I might have been the one to come up with this I think idea.
1: Josh actually was <laughs> the uh, the owner of this idea. And quick shout-out for the Small Talk idea. Aaron Weaver gave us that idea, so shout-out to Aaron. Um, this week in Randomly Ranked, we're going to do TV shows. We're only going to do our top three. Um one of mine we've at least talked about on the podcast. That's a little
2: sneak peek of mine. Okay. But Josh, you're the guest, so you get to go first. What are your top three shows? Let's go three to one. Right. So for me, shout out to another one of Brandon and I's good friends, Greg Eisenberg, mm-hmm. who put me on this show. It is on Netflix. It is called Californication. Okay. For those of you that have not seen, I highly recommend. Behind that, another Netflix one, Shameless, which I'm sure most of you have probably heard of. And then for me, all-time favorite has to be Family Guy. I can watch every episode, any episode, no matter what time of day. makes me laugh all the time and just quality, quality TV show.
0: All right, guys. Solid. Trevor, go ahead. You're up next. All right. Uh, number three, I'm going to go as, as Brandon was kind of hinting at. I think I know what TV <laughs> show he's talking about because it's my number three. All-American. It was that good that it's in my top three already. Uh, number two, I got to go with Big Brother. Um, I'm a fan of reality TV. Love so brother. Big Brother has got to be my number two. And number one, if you follow me on Twitter, I do tweet about this show sometimes. I love it. I've watched it back almost three times completely. It's Friday Night Lights. Um, Just amazing. Amazing storylines. A little similar to All-American, but I highly recommend all of you watch Friday Night Lights. Alrighty. So for my top three today, I'm going to go number
1: three is All-American. This is a show that my roommate Ben and I recently got on. Uh, we heard some good things, then we recommended it to Trevor, and we yeah, I even made you watch yes, it, you did. yeah. And that show is a that show is a it's just such a fantastic I've seen Friday show.
2: Nights as well, Trevor. So I must yeah. say Friday Nights is really good, good. good
1: as well. Um, my number two is going to be The Office. I just feel like that's kind of like the OG oh, show. Oh, I forgot about yeah. The Office, the, the Office is just so good <laughs> that that always gives me a good laugh. Uh, shout out to Parks and Rec. Honorable mention to Parks and Rec because I love Parks and Rec also. And number one, I'd have to have a tie between Big Brother and Criminal Minds. Big Brothers is amazing, which by the way starts June 25th, so
2: yes. we, we
1: might even be talking about it on the podcast, we'll see, because we're both big fans, Trevor and I, uh, and then Criminal Minds is just such a fantastic show, they're still going, they're on like their like, 13th or 14th season, something like mm-hmm. that, um, so fantastic show, um, but we'll get right into our main topics from that, and our first main topic, we just got a, a general soccer topic. Um, first up, Champions League. So, Josh, why don't you give us the, a, a quick rundown of the Champions League? What you you know? What are your thoughts on the Champions League so this year?
2: Personally, aside from the final, I believe this might have been one of the best years of Champions okay. League football of all time. More so because of the drama leading up to the final. You have Man City and Tottenham. The VAR disallowing Raheem Sterling' goal to send them to the final. You have Ajax, this small team from Uh, The Netherlands making a huge run, beating Real Madrid, Juventus. And then, uh, if you know, losing to Tottenham, who made it to the final at home, which is surprising because throughout this tournament, Ajax was very good, home and away from home, but Tottenham pulled out a 3-2 victory at the end. And honestly, for the final, I believe it was horrible. Uh, 25 seconds in... There's a penalty kick for Liverpool. Moussa Sissoko, the center defensive mid for Tottenham, has his arm raised, actually, to tell his defenders to watch Mohamed Salah on the backside. But when Sadio Mane plays the ball, hits Sissoko right in his hand, penalty kick to Salah, who's not going to miss. And then to cap it off at the end of the game, you have Divakarigi finishing from a Joel Matip assist. And uh, with only two, three minutes left, there wasn't much that Tottenham could do. So t- can you tell me this? How did Ajax make it to the semifinals of Champions League? So Ajax is a team where they really, really hone in on their youth development and their youth players. So you have a lot of young guys. David Nera is a Brazilian winger. You have someone like Frankie de Jong, who's actually going to Barcelona. And you have- that, Was he on Tottenham? Frankie Dion was not on top. Oh, okay. This Am I thinking of someone else? Uh, I don't know who you're thinking of. Okay, about. I don't even know what But Frankie <laughs> Dion, a really young player that signed for 70 million euros with Barcelona. Ooh. And you also have a defender, Matthias De Litt, who's only 18 years old and is already one of the top defenders in Europe. Really? And they just really rely on their hard work and energy. And they also have a few veteran guys, someone in, that plays center back. Daly Blind, played for Manchester United, mm-hmm. been to a few World Cups. Their striker, Dusan Tadic, came over from the Premier League in Southampton. And just really, they have some a good mix between veterans and youngsters that are just really hungry and show effort and passion. Yeah,
0: of course. So back to the uh, Champions League final. This was the, actually the first Champions League game I watched all year. I wish I would have watched more since you said it was better. Mm-hmm. But I thought the final was horrible as well. And I want to go to that PK because I didn't think it should have been a penalty kick. What did you think about that? So
2: this is... Uh, a problem that a lot of uh, teams around Europe and pretty much all of soccer worldwide is having is the introduction of video assistant referee. Most of you have probably saw it at last year's uh, World Cup. Mm-hmm. Basically, the VAR is a system where if the referee isn't quite sure on a decision, a goal scored, and offsides, they go to the, a booth essentially and they can get taken over to a little monitor and, and basically like a replay. And with VAR, that happened in, like I said, the semi-final between Man City and Tottenham, where ultimately it stopped Man City from going through. And the VAR, which allowed the penalty kick to be awarded to Liverpool. Now, I personally don't think it was a penalty because Sissoko's arm was in an unnatural position, I'd like to think, where Sadio Mane just hit it up and and it wound up hitting his hand, but the referee thought otherwise after VAR, and and they gave the PK. and, And for a team to get a goal in the first minute or two... As a soccer player or a fan you know how important that is to get an early start especially in a champions league final especially for a team like liverpool who hasn't really had any major tournament wins mm-hmm. at all since tw- uh, 2005 so for them just getting that goal early on just gave them all the momentum in the world so to finish up on champions League, who did you think deserved to win between the two teams that fought, do you think Liverpool? To be honest, it? I think Liverpool did win it. As much as I don't like to say it, I'm a big Manchester United fan. However, in the semifinal, Barcelona went up four or three nothing, excuse me, at home, and then Liverpool scored four goals in the second game mm-hmm. to win four to three to take them to the final. So I do think Liverpool did deserve to win it, especially for a team that had the most points. In the Premier League, without actually winning it of all mm-hmm. time on 97. So. so, speaking of Premier
1: League, let's kind of hop over to the Premier League, uh, discuss a little bit um, about it. So Just like you said,
2: Liverpool having the most points. Correct. And they only allowed 22 goals against them. And for if the you notice, year. they also only lost one game. So, for them to lose the Premier League title... Who did uh, they lose to? They... Ooh. That's a tough one. It might have been Everton. Or, Everton? Or, or they might have tied Everton. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure with that. Okay. I didn't get to watch as much Premier League as I'd like to this okay. year. All right. But Liverpool finished on 97 points in second place. Man City finished on 98, winning the title. Uh, and now, for them to win the Champions League, I think it was well-deserved for not getting any Premier League trophy. Of course. And to finish up with soccer, we have the Women's World Cup.
1: Uh, it just started. It just started. Um, the USA plays on Tuesday. Was that yes, correct? That's they what we said before. Tuesday. Um.
0: So what? What are your predictions? I mean, I know who I think is going to win. But what, <laughs> what do you think, Trevor? Why don't we start with you? Well, I mean, I um obviously it's my country. I think I'm going to go with the USA. Mm-hmm. They're going to win, and obviously they are the number one team right now. They want it. Uh, 2015, So I'm going to go with them. Obviously, France is very good. Japan's very good. But I'm rooting for the USA. And I think they're going to take it home.
2: So going off of what Trevor actually just said, since 2015, the United States has only lost one game leading up to the World Cup. And that was France. Oh. Now, this tournament, there could be a possibility where in the quarterfinals, the USA could play France. Now, France being the home team has the momentum there. Being mm-hmm. at home, you know yep. how important a home field advantage is. Yeah. And like I said, France has had USA's number before. So I do think USA could hopefully win it. But besides them, France is most definitely looking for a, a, a World Cup win. Um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick USA too. I, I think they're just a little bit
1: just a little bit better than France here. I know France is at home, but, you know, USA, I think will take it. Moving forward um, to the NBA Finals. Uh, so we got a couple games to recap here. Um, so why don't we start with, we're not going to do Sundays because, you know, we did the episode on Sunday. But we'll, let's go back to Wednesday's game. Um and Wednesday's game was a one twenty three to one hundred nine win for oh excuse me I think I'm on the yeah no one twenty three one hundred nine game
0: uh, win for the Raptors
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and what, what Trevor what what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, so game three, obviously they're tied one uh, one. They come back and obviously Clay he was injured and I thought you know I wasn't too sure if he was gonna play. Um, but if he did play, I knew he was going to be limited. So even before they announced that he was out, I was like, the Raptors are going to win. And I texted Brandon that. Um, and then mm-hmm. later, they announced that Clay was going to come back and or he wasn't going to play. So I knew the Raptors were going to win. So I wasn't really surprised. The Raptors looked very good. They shot very well because Clay, uh that's one less really good defender you have. And Steph went crazy. But obviously, the Raptors, I mean, they were still going to win.
2: And to piggyback off what Trevor just said and mentioned, a big thing coming into to the series is was would Toronto be able to keep up the pace with Golden State? You yeah. know Golden mm-hmm. State is lethal in the third quarter, draining three transition. Clip. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for most part of this series, you've seen Toronto really hang in there shooting wise. I know that right. the one game they lost, you know, Van Vliet, Gasol, some of their role players were missing shots that they're mm-hmm. making right now. And I think that's what's the biggest thing. Obviously Kawhi is gonna be Kawhi and do what he needs to do right. on the court. And I know that without Clay and KD it is a bit tough. Mm. But, you know, the Warriors do have that experience over Toronto, so there's a little bit uh, of a even playing field sum up. But Toronto's making shots, and, and they're making them when they mm-hmm. count.
1: Yeah, and actually, going back to what you said, the Warriors haven't looked nearly as good in transition and running as the Raptors have at all. And right. obviously this is to the fact that the Warriors are not deep and that they're very injured. But the Raptors have looked like, I mean, just way quicker, way faster, uh, way more athletic uh which is really interesting. I mean really this game was, was not an impressive one for the Warriors at all. Uh shooting less than forty percent from the field. It's uh I mean really overall the the Raptors played a really this is in my opinion their best game they've had. Uh this was a solid game. Um but moving forward we're gonna go to the game uh this past Friday. Uh Raptors won one oh five to ninety-two. Uh and again, it, you know, you, you find a clay who's not a hundred percent still going for twenty-eight, which is insane. Um it, it just doesn't seem like he can move at all. Um, Barely anyone was in the uh, plus for the Warriors. Uh, Josh, what did you think about this game? So
2: this game was really good for Toronto. I was really happy to see, you know, Toronto started off really slow. You saw a good pace from Golden State with Clay came out firing. The crowd was hyped. And I was just really, it was really good to see Toronto, you know, with a lot of doubts for them to, you know, just keep their head in the game. Nick Nurse said after the first quarter, you know, just keep taking shots. And we're going to make them eventually. And that's what they did. Yep.
0: Yeah, so for me, uh, I think the major takeaway in this whole series is that Golden State's depth is not the same as it was in 2016 and 15. And that's because they didn't, they weren't planning for that. They were like, you know, they have KD, they have Steph, Clay Thompson. They didn't know they were going to have these injuries, so they didn't have to worry about uh, their depth. So because they've had all these injuries – um, their depth isn't as good, and Toronto is taking advantage now, and they're three one, and I think they're gonna close it out uh, tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm gonna have to go against my uh, earlier prediction. It's, <laughs> if the Warriors weren't as hurt, I think they would have done a, I think they would have won in five, uh, like I predicted earlier. Uh, the fact they're so injured, it's it's gonna be tough. I think the Raptors will close out next game. Um, but to finish the episode today, we're gonna go with our quick predictions.
2: Josh, being the special guest, your quick prediction is up first. I might start a fire in, in, in some people's houses. <laughs> Hot take, Zion will not go to the Pelicans. All right, that's, that's a bold one. That's
1: a bold one. The draft is coming coming up soon. Uh, 20th, I think. June 20th. Yes. Um, my bold prediction, okay, for this coming week is that, are you ready for this? Pascal Siakam scores 40 and oh. they win. Oh, okay. What do you got, Trevor?
0: Hmm. Let's go with... I'm gonna I'm gonna do, do with another draft one like Josh. Uh, I'm gonna say that Darius Garland is going to be picked by the Los Angeles Lakers with the fourth pick.
1: That's that's a solid that's a solid prediction. I like that prediction a lot. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, please follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Small Baller Podcast. Please follow me and Trevor. Drop Josh, drop your socials here
2: for us. We want all you guys to follow Josh. So for Instagram, you can do uh, that boy skinned underscore and then. I don't really care about Twitter, to be okay. <laughs> Follow, follow the man, man on, on Instagram. I don't go on Twitter anymore. Follow the man on Wait, Instagram. How's it spelled? It okay. is spelled T-H-A-T-B-O-Y-S-K-I-N-D underscore. Uh, one. All word. right. Josh, thank you so much for coming I on this episode. appreciate it, guys. I'm,
1: uh, we I, loved hope, it. I
2: hope I come back. Uh, we, we'll, have to,
1: we'll have to integrate <laughs> that in. We liked it a lot. Um, please, everyone, leave a review on whatever you're listening to. Give us a like. Uh, tweet at us. We love to hear from you guys. Give us a comment. Um, but that'll be all for today. Again, thank you so much for the support and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.